0: what is up everyone you are back with citywide blackout your home for music movies and more i am your host max bowen this one has been a long time coming i am chatting with christian montgomery of christian montgomery and the winter kill band i've actually been a big fan of the band for a long time so it was really cool to sit down with christian and talk all about his brand new album prince of poverty the work they went into it and just kind of how he kept himself going during a time with like no shows no performances Now, we also look at the Boston music scene about Christian's kind of part in it and how that's changed over the years, as well as the huge fan base that he's got overseas. Christian Montgomery and the Winter Kill Band. Turns out we actually grew up in the same town. Christian, welcome to the show, man. Great to have you here.
1: Thanks a lot, man.
0: All right, all right. Now, there's a lot to talk about here, for uh, of course, because you have been very, very busy. I, I read that you recently returned from a, a brief mini tour. You, uh, you got to play in Florida, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Boston. Um, how long had it been since you played last?
1: Uh, prior to that, it, I mean, right before the pandemic started, um, I was doing a, a couple of shows to gear up for the release of my first record um, and was slowly piecemealing a full band together and then everything just fell apart wow
0: so so like more than like a year without playing
1: yeah yeah pretty much um well without playing live um i've been still in the studio uh recording ever since all this madness happened
0: yeah yeah so how did it feel to be uh back on stage after uh so long
1: oh it was cool um you know when I got when I played down in Tampa, it was like nothing had ever happened. It was it was really strange. Yeah, the club was packed, and um, you know there was a a cover band that had played the night before at a bar, and I gave them one of my CDs, and I said, "Hey, what are the chances of you guys all learning how to play the ten songs by tomorrow?" And they all you know kind of looked at me and said, uh, "You know." I, I'm crazy. And then the first guy listened to the first track and played it for his buddies. And they were like, yeah, we'll do this. And we'll see you here tomorrow night. And, um, so, cause I didn't, you know, it was just kind of cool. Like they were a really good band and, um, and I wanted to play with more than just me in an acoustic and that worked out awesome. And we just kind of banged out 10 tunes. And I was like, all right, guys, you're my Florida band. And, um, and then I came up, um, I played up in Vermont at a couple of parties and then from there we went to Rhode Island and I played at this club called the parlor, which was great. Um, it reminded me of the old days, um, uh, playing the station in, in Providence, that club that burnt down. Of course. Um, I actually played the battle of the bands where the winner got to open for that for great white that wow. night. And yeah. That was like kind of our, our home in Rhode Island when I was in my first form of my solo project and thank god the uh the first band um the door guy was one of the uh, members and there was a little nepotism and it could have saved my life so i i I was uh, as tragic as it was i mean we dodged a bullet and then uh i mean the parlor was just cool it was run by this radio station called 13 folds radio um and it was a limited amount of people allowed in the club and the dj's you know, you played three songs and then they talked to you and it was just really cool the back and forth, being able to tell the stories about the songs and um and then I came back and, you know, played a couple of shows in Massachusetts and then been focused on moving up to Vermont. Um I bought a house up there and so uh that's taken up a lot of time. Um, but uh Still recording, mixing this new third record. So thirty six songs in two years has been quite the endeavor.
0: That is unbelievable, and this is across three different albums: uh, the Gravel Church in twenty twenty, uh, Prince of Poverty, yeah. which released earlier this year, and then a Haven for Heretics, which is due out in the in the fall. Now, did yeah. you originally intend to release so much music so quickly? No. <laughs> <laughs> no one um, ever does, right?
1: It was uh, it was kind of cool. Like um, when I recorded the first record, The Gravel Church, um, it was just a spontaneous, really fun thing. And um, there really wasn't much of a a thought to like the the album as a whole. I mean, 16 songs, it's it's kind of hard to choreograph, you know, that, you know, that especially with all the different styles we incorporated into it to make it like, a, you know, a, a record of what I'm sounding like instead of like more like my ADHD uh, kicked in. And I just said, okay, we're going to go with a Latin vibe on this one, a country vibe on this and pull on punk rock on this next tune. Um, Prince of poverty kind of got whittled down into a real, um, you know, it was left people playing on the record, a much more intimate, you know, atmosphere as far as the players um, playing off each other. And um and it just kind of became our little sound um and then the heaven for heretics is uh it's uh it's a spin-off of prince of poverty but much heavier it's uh kind of going back to some alternative roots a little you know with a with a touch of uh some old chuck berry rock and roll um i think people will dig it
0: i've been listening to the prince of poverty and that is an awesome album in terms of the style, though, one of the things I really, I really dug about it is it kind of wanders. It, it's a, it, uh, it goes from like a slow to a heavy to a slow. You know, my question to you is is when it comes to like deciding, you know, like the order of the songs, do you like plan that, or is it more like okay, this is done, that's done, that's done, you just kind of go with it?
1: Um, no, it's it's kind of a. Uh, yeah, I mean, we planned it out. I mean, we we wanted to open with "They'll Remember My Name." That's that song that just kind of punches you right in the face oh, right yeah. off the bat, and then. Um, you know we uh we kind of uh watched you know like it was almost like a, a you know up and down throughout the whole record and that it was kind of cool um you know uh towards the end it got a little bit more upbeat um you know with the last three tunes and stuff but um i don't know it was just kind of uh with these i think the the genre of all the songs were all within the same kind of vein that we could You know whatever whatever um, order they were in it was going to work but um you know a lot of a lot of it too was uh you know uh my producer joe who plays guitar on the record too um a lot of it was kind of you know his suggestion um it's it's been awesome these last two uh, really the since i started doing this again um after a long hiatus um i've been the low man on the totem pole as far as talent is concerned um I've just surrounded myself with these amazing guys who um you know Jeff Armstrong who plays with the Delta Generators um Joe Clap is just a phenomenal guitar player and producer and um you know uh uh Dave Leach who's a a pretty well-known bass player um he plays with another band in Boston called Arc 220 and the guys just um uh, he's just a, a tiny smidgen of a step below tony levin like he's he's almost there i mean the guy just i mean i I've, i every time i talk to dave i mean i usually end the conversation with i just don't understand why you're not famous there must be just a lack of <laughs> motivation or you just you know you just need to be encouraged but he uh he's just a phenomenally talented guy
0: okay okay um once you do the first one, what, let's just say, okay, we're going to do the next one. Like right now, we're not, uh, we're not going to wait.
1: It was just the response really. Um, I had stopped playing music for a long time, went through a nasty divorce. Um, you know, uh, a, uh, I, I mixed words with a probate court judge and ended up doing six months in prison. Um, and, uh, you know, didn't do anything serious. Just, um, happened to you know express my belief that they were all corrupt sons of bitches um and uh so that got me six months in jail and um you know life had just completely changed and um where i had left off in my music career i had uh i was living in boston and uh it was nominated for the boston music awards we had a bunch of different record label you know chasing uh my former band. And um, then my dad got sick and I moved home and took care of him till he died and became a father and life just changed and music disappeared from my life for a long time. Um, And when I jumped back into this, I mean, I've always had a hard time in Boston. I've always, uh, I've always felt that I didn't fit in. I mean, I've been, you know, I had been around to watch, you know, uh, the punk scene back in the late eighties and nineties, uh, early nineties, you know, kind of, you know, in, in my personal opinion, gets sold to the rich kids. Um, you know, I grew up at going to ground zero to watch sleep chamber who make, who make ministry look like a bunch of pussies. Um, you know, so it was, uh, I mean, being a 14 year old kid hanging out in the pit in Harvard square, um, and, Um, and just watching how things changed and, uh, I just felt, you know, even as a a young kid, I didn't really fit in, in the scene per se. So I've always had a really difficult time. Um, and so I released Prince of Poverty and the first thing that happens is, is we got song of the week on Boston Emissions, And I was like, wait a second here, this isn't supposed to happen to me. Like they don't like me. Like I, I, I have a tiny little blurb on on a golden plaque, you know, framed really nice of uh article in the noise where they said that we sounded good. Like that's all they wrote was, and the live show, you know, they sounded good. Um, you know, after I think maybe like four or five, six different demos, I sent them that they completely trashed. So um, I've always felt like I didn't fit in in town. And um, all of a sudden it was like, wait a second you guys like this (laughs) and it's, and it's been great. I mean, um, you know, Carmelita and, and Anthony over at, um, you know, Bay state rock have always been wicked supportive of the local scene. Um, really cool folks. And they've, uh, you know, they've been playing us and, um, you know, so we're, we've got a, a little bit of a base as far as our support in town. You know, uh, Jeff Wilbur wrote and Music Box Pete, a couple of other bloggers in town wrote some nice pieces about us. And it just kind of blew me away and made me say, OK, let's just keep doing this until they go back to saying we suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good plan. Good plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to ask you, though, um, given the way the scene is today, um, do you think you fit in a little better now or is it more of the same?
1: Um, I, I, I think I've gotten noticed more. Um, <laughs> I've, I've always had a problem with putting my foot in my mouth. Um, you know, uh, we do have a country element to our band. So I, I, I sent a message to uh new England country asking them, uh, you know, Hey, would you, would you review my record? And, you know, in it, I said, you know, Hey, we were, you know, the number one song um, on Boston emissions and blah, 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 blah. blah. And they sent me this really nasty message back saying, you should not false advertise saying that you were number one on the radio and your song really isn't that good. And that was awful. So, um, so I told them that they were now officially my Carol Baskins of the Boston music scene. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't very nice about some of the things I said, but, um, you know, the, I, I still, you know the Boston music scene has always been about paying customers. Um, recently, I would say um, there was a lot of really good bands in the you know mid '90s, late '90s that came out of town. Guys that I grew up with, guys that came from lower middle class families, just like me. Um, you know, there's a ton ton of guys in Boston that I, I have a ton of respect for. I mean, uh, I don't if you knew uh, Quintana Americana. Um, Mark Schleicher, the guitar player was a friend of mine from Norwell. Um, and he was just a regular average, you know, dude who just happened to write killer tunes and, uh, Lenny Lashley from, um, you know, Lenny Lashley's gang of one. Um, I mean, that guy, he's a carpenter. Um, we grew up, he grew up in Halifax. Uh, and, uh, I used to hang out with him when we were in different punk bands back in the day. Um, it, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, bands that i see now who you can tell they 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 come from money and they're paying customers and they're they're getting their they're getting their time in the sun before they um you know try playing somewhere else other than town and fall apart like so many bands from boston have but um i don't know i think you know i've, I've made some great friends um my buddy mark over at here now live um Who's a booking agent has uh, kind of taken me under his wing and helped me out a little bit here and there. Um, great dude. He's been um, managing this girl, um, senseless optimism. This girl Britt.
0: Oh yeah, have you heard a, her? She's amazing. Yeah, we actually um, had her on the show a little while back. She's
1: phenomenal. Just a wicked good, a really good person. Exactly. I mean, she yeah. just, yeah, you know, she's just a cool kid, um, and she's very talented too. She's been writing some really cool tunes and. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I, I fit in more now than I ever have, but <laughs> that's still not saying much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, well, you know, it finally happened. So there you go.
1: Mm. I mean, I've got, uh, you know, I, uh, my dad's family's from Copenhagen, Denmark. So, uh, I get a lot of really great press in Europe. Um, I mean, from France, Italy, Denmark, um, we were country Artist of the year in the Netherlands last year. Um, so I mean we're we're doing pretty well over there. It would just it would be nice to get some recognition here at home.
0: Isn't that how it like always goes? You always get the attention somewhere else, you know, either it's like the West Coast or down south or wherever, but it's never like where you are. You struggle like crazy where you are, but I imagine if you guys were if you were to move to like, you know, Europe, you might do pretty uh, might do uh, pretty well for yourself.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems as though they're a little bit more receptive to more diverse styles of music whereas i mean even like angel at boston emissions the last time she played my stuff um went out of her way to say you know i didn't want to like this guy (laughs) but but you have to yeah she goes i really didn't want to like this guy but you have to admit it's pretty good um you know she didn't give me a a rave review but it was like oh for good. you know she was like oh it's a little country it's a little this and i was like gosh just just play the fucking song, <laughs> really? Exactly. You know. You know, I've I've I was listening to a show in Germany and this guy was like, and now we have Christian Montgomery and Zavento Kill band. I met him once when he was in Boston. What a rocking guy. And I'm like my wife was like, did you really meet him? And she, I'm like, no, I don't know who the hell he is, you know, but man, is he supportive. Like, I wish we could have stuff like that in town. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Angel Woods, like, um, it's okay. I suppose. Here you go. Play. Yeah,
1: you, know? you know, it's, it, it doesn't sound like 1996, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. You know? <laughs> Oh,
0: well. meanwhile you're this like big star in germany and they're and they're and they're just like waiting for you to come over
1: oh the music scene over there is so kick-ass my wife and i were in denmark um there's this club in downtown copenhagen called the pump house do you do you remember a band called y and t they were back yeah back in the late 80s early 90s um they had a hit called summertime girls and um if they played here in Massachusetts, you know, they'd probably play down at like the Narrows and Fall River and um, they'd play for 10 people, like 10 people would show up. But over in Denmark, it was a sold out show, 500 Danes screaming names of songs at these guys. And the singer's the only surviving member. And he was like 70 something. And um, he, it was just the best night of his life. And everybody there loves, you know, music from the states they're just like 30 years behind you know so (laughs) right right now 80s metal is just kicking off so
0: (laughs) (laughs) the music in europe is so it's just all over the place and that's such a wonderful thing i mean like i didn't know that for example england um um, has a huge country scene had no idea
1: yeah i'm on a i'm on a show called whiskey and cigarettes on um uh August twenty eighth. And uh it, it it's huge over there. Um, you know, we've uh we've gotten great reviews there as well. Um York calling wrote up this huge thing on us and you know, it, it's kinda cool. Like you know, it makes you sad at the same time because like
0: <laughs> just can't wish get attention that would here. happen at home. Exactly. You know. Do you ever give any thought to just like doing a tour over there or just doing some shows?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. My um My wife and I have, you know, we made the decision to buy this place up in Vermont and, um, with the sole purpose of, um, just kind of having a home base to, um, you know, go wherever we want from, from here on out, um, and travel and do stuff. I mean, we go to Denmark all the time to visit my family and, um, you know, she, uh, she's really into traveling too. So I would love to just pick up and go, um, I've been, you know, kind of in transit for such a long time that it's been hard to keep a tight relationship with different session players or guys to actually start a band with. So I'm working on it.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, do you feel like you've kind of uh, settled now in terms of uh, in terms of music or bandmates?
1: Um, as far as the session guys, absolutely. Like um, Joe over at Ultrasound and um you know he's just such a talented guy and dave and and jeff armstrong like i don't know if i could really feel comfortable like playing with anybody else after playing with them um i mean they're such high caliber players that it's like um i just bring in a song and i you know throw it down with an acoustic and a vocal and all of a sudden they just take it and they they make it what they are um and they all have such cool input and ideas and are really creative um but as far as like touring touring guys um i'm pretty sure that you know with jeff being busy with the delta generators and um yeah uh, joe with the studio that i would have to find players elsewhere you know
0: you know, I think if you were to announce, hey, I'm playing in Germany, you know, who's available, you would probably uh, get like 100 emails from people saying, I'll play with you, I'll play with you. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would hope so. That would be fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Um, let's swing back to Prince of Poverty. Uh, and this was released back in March, which was then, which was back when things were starting to kind of like revert to kind of sort of normal. Um do you have any trouble keeping yourself going, creatively speaking, during this time? Do you have any lulls where you just couldn't find the energy to play?
1: No, I uh, I was, uh, I, I have a really hard time um, playing live because we're so used to muscle memory. You know, you release a record, you play those songs over and over and over again. Um, when you go back to your roots, as a singer songwriter and just writing songs um it's uh it's hard to remember the ones that were on the last record so um you know i'm like a seagull in a shiny quarter it's like oh hey on to the next thing it's uh um this is a cool riff and you know what people are always like well the last one was good too maybe you should work on that and i'm like no that's done let's do this um it's uh i've never had a hard time i mean i've got enough material for probably two or three more records it's uh it's it's most of them you know i throw up on youtube and say you know what do you think of this um but um i think i've got like a couple hundred songs up there now that i've written that just you know could get recorded someday um so no i i have been super creative during the pandemic
0: I hear that a no, lot, you know, like some people have said that they really had a hard time doing anything, but most have said, no, nah, I've gotten so much done. I've, I've gotten like two albums done. I finished my book and published it and this, I did that. I think for some folks having the, the time to, you know, they don't have to go to work or they couldn't work has been a great time for them um, in ter- uh, in terms of their art. So some plus, mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> it's an upside.
1: Well, I, th- I think it's a good thing too, in terms of our culture, um, before the pandemic um i don't know about you but you know for me we, you know i've always worked in the trades uh, between carpentry plumbing commercial fishing um i have always worked with my hands i've always you know been up at the crack of dawn and getting home as the sun setting and realizing you know that we don't get to spend enough time with our families that we don't get to nurture our friendships um you know uh, I, I remember being younger and the friendships that I had were so incredibly close, um, almost family. Um, and now it seems as though those, those relationships are lacking in our culture. Like we we were supposed to be able to enjoy life and family and not have to work till we die. And I think people, it's given people kind of like that idea that, hey, you know, um, if, uh, you know, especially with the, um, way businesses here on Cape Cod are complaining that they can't find any help. And we're saying, well, then pay these people what they're worth. I mean, they're going out of their way to work for you to make you money. Um, so pay them what they're worth and they'll come. Um, is It's a nice um, change of pace for the United States. I mean, we've had this hillbilly mentality of, you know, if you don't work 12 hours a day, you're not a man. <laughs> um, you know that they couldn't be further from the truth I mean um we we need to change where we are culturally to be able i mean because of all the amazing art that's come out um have you heard of uh Jennifer teft oh yes um yep, yep. yeah she's put out some killer stuff like I mean her last two singles were amazing um you know there's a lot of really really good music coming out and it's because people have had the opportunity to kind of you know to pursue that instead of just having to pay the bills. So mm-hmm. it's nice. It is.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely interesting to see the focus shift a lot. Like you said, you know, you have like the restaurants and the stores that they can't really find anyone because people have, you know, they, they've had some time to sit and think about what they want to do, what they actually want to do, not what they need to do. And some have right. gone to, they've started their own business or they managed to pivot their art into, okay, this is now my full-time job. Or they just done mm-hmm. something else and realize, yeah, this is what makes me happy—not grinding away at some go-nowhere retail job that's never going to even learn my name.
1: Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man,
0: definitely. Um, I want to talk to you about the subject matter of the music. I mean, you're definitely you're definitely pretty uh, fearless. You know, you talk about all kinds of really intense stuff. But were you always like that? Yep. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Move on. Uh, Next question. <laughs>
1: When when I was a kid, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up a pretty, uh, I grew up, it was hard. Um, when I was, uh, a young kid, I was a, um, sophomore. I went to, I went to Hanover high school. I got kicked out my sophomore year, um, for fighting. And then, um, I went to Marshville high and my sophomore year, this guy beat me up really bad. Um, broke a couple of my ribs, ripped my face up. And my grandfather came to the hospital and he was like, well, how are we going to handle this? And I said, I'm just going to stay away from this dude. And he goes, "Nope." tomorrow morning. uh, He goes, you're going to go to school and I want you to hit him as hard as you can go. Just walk right up to him and just plant your feet and swing. And I said, I'm not doing that. And he was like, if you don't do it, you're going to, you're going to deal with me when you get home. So I did it. And uh, the kid worked me over again. And this happened twice more where my dad just pop, you know, said, uh, you gotta, you know, go after him again. And then I finally, he was sitting on the toilet and I kicked in the, the, the door and it hit him in the head and knocked him out. And, um, and, I, and then he approached me afterwards and he said, Hey, listen, if, uh, you know, if we don't call a truce here, I'm either going to kill you or you're going to embarrass me again. Um, and we became buddies and, that was how I grew up. It was, uh, it was pretty tough. It was, um, speak your mind. Um, you know, say what, uh, say what you have to say. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I, grew up, you know, boxing at the boys club and then, you know, in Brockton. And, um, so I, I, I've never been afraid to tell anybody how I felt and it's gotten me <laughs> into a lot of trouble. Um, you know uh, i've done some really stupid things too uh you remember that band dada yes that had that the disneyland song but mm-hmm. well, we played with them we opened for them at axis on lansdowne street and i pulled the singer aside and told him that i hated that song and that if they played it that night we were going to find him after the show and um, and then we proceeded to stand right in front of them, And, you know, I'm 6'2", 200 pounds. And my guitar player, Charlie, who, you know, um, back in those days was just a beer-drinking, crazy rock guy um, who's now a biochemist. But um, he was standing there, too. And the, the, they, they ended up, like, every time they were about to play it, the singer was like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> and then they they ended up closing with it and the guy took off and ran right into his tour bus wow and it was a ride, like you know we we've always you know we've never had a fear of uh of being ourselves. that's for sure i mean we we've been quite childish uh you know but um no, not not afraid. I mean, American fire is a really good example. I mean, you know,
0: I was just, just going to say that it's like American fire kind of like kind of like sums up that whole mentality because you are ruthless, but you're yeah. on point.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I got to meet Trump um, outside of the Howard Stern show in New York and he was the biggest prick I've ever met in my life. I mean, you talk about trust fund baby. I mean, he was just this spoiled, um, he had terrible body odor. Um, he was just a mess. I mean, um, and I, I just, uh, I didn't like the way he spoke to the women that were around him. Um, he was just a real prick. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that first line, the president's a fucking liar. I mean, just was, just came out fucking great. I mean, it was like, how more to the point can we get? So
0: yeah, I I really liked um, the line about um, I think it's our voices stilled. Yeah, I thought that's exactly the problem we have right now. Too to, to many folks being more or less scared or terrorized and just not saying a word.
1: Yeah, no, I mean we're for somebody with European ancestry, you know, history. Um, you know, I I still have family who lived through the Holocaust um and the occupation in denmark um and it's uh it's scary how kind of there's, there's this element in america where these people are talking about how free we are and you know my cousins are like what are you talking about? you guys can't do anything anymore like um everything is so controlled i mean they're the, uh, the police can do whatever they want. You know, uh, the government does whatever they want. Um, there's no accountability anymore. I, Massachusetts is a really good example. They, 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 they've tried to pigeonhole themselves as this liberal state, but it's, um, it's a state that has these agencies where one agency gives away something, and then they have another agency to take that very thing away and it just creates tax revenue, you know, these new jobs that are created to keep people in the exact same spot they're they're in. Um, so it's uh, we're in a we're in a rough spot in the states, and uh, I, I don't see it getting better.
0: Yeah, and I was actually gonna gonna ask you about if you're feeling any better about the country, but I guess that answers that question.
1: Um, you know, I mean. Once, once again, we've had another presidential election that was the lesser of two evils.
0: Yeah, really? Um,
1: You know, I'm a big, I'm a big Bernie Sanders guy. I'm a really big, uh, democratic socialist, um, guy. I, I, you know, having, uh, um, having seen the system in Denmark, which is the number one capitalist place in the world to do business, um, with the most intelligent workforce, um, and the healthiest people, the happiest people, um, you know, it's uh, I just I I I just don't see things changing here because, I mean, we used to have civics in school. It was taught. Now we have social studies. So It's like um, we're we're gearing these kids up for epic failures. Um, you know, it's uh, pretty soon you're either going to just be a laborer or a soldier. I mean, it's
0: yay great options yeah <laughs> Jeez, man um now uh, one thing I was really I was really curious about you talked earlier about how you have like like a couple hundred songs just kind of like waiting in the wings how do you decide what goes on the album
1: it it kind of depends it's it's usually what jumps out and grabs one of the guys that I've been playing with they'll be like man that was cool um you know uh I had, on the Gravel Church, I have a song called Five Horses, which is kind of a Neil Young little vibe to it. Um, but it, it's actually, uh, it was an environmental song, kind of a almost like it was a pre-pan- pre-pandemic pre written song, but um, it's, uh, it's about climate change. It's about the way things, uh, the earth is uh, responding to our behavior. I just recorded a couple of riffs on Facebook and my, bass player tim paletti who played on my first record um said dude you gotta finish that that's killer and then he wrote this really awesome bass line and and we finished it um so it's usually just uh me throwing out ideas and then all the guys kind of collectively putting the pieces together and right you know um kind of uh Helping uh, write the records themselves.
0: Nice, nice. Now, as we mentioned earlier, you uh, you got um, Heaven for Heretics coming out later on in the fall. What are folks yeah. going to be getting with that
1: album? A Heaven for Heretics is uh, it's a throw, it's a it's a throwback with a modern twist. Um, there's um, there's a real 1950s rock and roll aspect to, to a couple of the songs. Um, um very old school surfer rock um kind of vibe um but then uh i mean it gets uh it gets heavy again um there's uh there's some uh cool play on words i i was really excited about um i wrote this song called peach and it was kind of like my version of van halen's ice cream man um and I just, you know, I had taken a trip to Mexico once and um, met this person, and I the, the line just popped into my head, she has fruit so sweet, but think twice before you bite into that peach. And it became this kind of like Texarkana, you know, little uh, love story, <laughs> if you want to call it that. But, um, you know, it's, this, this album was much more thought out. It's about... Um, it's about how far we've come um, culturally as far as opening up to everybody just being able to be themselves. Um, you know, uh, I have a daughter, my oldest daughter who's married to a woman. And, um, I, I think about how taboo that was so long ago. Um, no, I mean, I grew up with so many friends who were gay or lesbian. Um, and, um, you know, I, I I even tell the story about a brother of mine from my lodge who transitioned to be a woman and could no longer be a Mason because you have to be a man to be a Mason. And how, you know, we love this guy so much that we said, hey, you know, you should become a member of the Eastern Star. It's a women's group, you know, um, and this um, is just about how I mean, we've come very, very far as far as um, being a lot less judgmental and a lot i don't know so hateful of people who are different um um and at the same i mean i i see a lot of uh kind of uh the uh the confederate statues coming down and um you know the everything that happened with the george floyd um you know in uh, american fire of course i mentioned george in there too um, it's like the death throes of racism. Um, I'm hoping, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, we do have this potential to enter into this, you know, like second Renaissance of like an age of tolerance and an age of love and happiness where we, we just all respect each other as humans, regardless of our personal choices. So, um, it's, uh, heaven for heretics is kind of telling those people that, Hey, this is, this is coming. We can all, we can, you know, it, it. There, there's a place for everybody we just have to get there
0: that's a great sentiment and I definitely hope the same thing happens I really really do because yeah. it's like you do see signs of that progress and then you see something happen somewhere else and it's like yeah I, well over here it's good somewhere else not so much um
1: yeah well uh, have you listened to bumblebee radio at all uh no no you gotta check it out all it's right. uh it's this um It's uh, Kristen Eck, um, who transitioned from a man to a woman, um, and she is the helicopter pilot for uh, WBZ, kind of badass, and then started this little radio company, and uh, super, you know, supportive of local music, um, and amazing person. I, I could not, in a million years, if anybody gave her a hard time about her personal choices, I would defend her to you know, the best of my ability, I mean, a wonderful person. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, uh, my music, as you know, she has said, is not necessarily her cup of tea, but she plays it and, you know, God bless her. I mean, that's just awesome. So, um, it, it's kind of cool.
0: Very cool, man. Very cool. So what is coming down the road for you?
1: Um, well, you know, once I get settled in my new house, um, you know, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to just take off. I'm hoping to start traveling again. Um, You know, of course, it's been tough getting back over to Europe. Um, We've been kind of, you know, biting our fingernails waiting to be able to go home and see everybody. Um, But uh, I'm just I'm hoping the world's gonna eventually just open up 100% and go back to normal and we can just continue what we were doing, you
2: know,
0: but yeah. Yeah, there you go, man. There you go. Mm. All right, Christian. Well, man, it's been, um, it's been a great talking to you. Uh, definitely loving the album and folks, you can, uh, you can look forward to a Haven for heretics coming out this fall. And the meantime, you, uh, you go to kmwkb.com for more information yeah. and Christian, I'm sure we'll, we'll be uh, talking soon. I hope so. Thanks man. No problem. Hey, guys, what's going on? This is Brian Murphy from One Time Mountain, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout with Max Bowen.
2: Rock on!
0: Okay, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. Don't forget to follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Big thanks to Christian for joining me. I am absolutely loving his new album, Prince of Poverty, and cannot wait for the next one. Listen to this show wherever you find your podcasts. And if you want to get at me, you message citywidemax at yahoo.com. To close things out, I've got two of Christian's songs for you from the new album, Prince of Poverty, American Fire, followed by A Warm Grave. As always, keep those ears open.
2: So okay